0: All right, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Doing all right? I want to invite you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 28. We're actually going to be going through the entire chapter. And uh, if you are interested, we've got some paper Bibles in the back right there. Uh, Ben and others, raise your hand because we're going to be hanging out in God's Word. If you want one of those right now, whether you want to take it with you or whatever, we've got some Bibles. So raise your hands up right now if you'd like to do that. Um, Otherwise, go ahead and pull out your phone. Pull out your phone and and go ahead and go to Acts chapter twenty-eight or your own Bible. Uh, Just really look. I, I love coming back to Pittsburgh. Uh, you guys do have the wrong black and gold. There's a real black and gold down in New Orleans, but, you know, we won't get into that conversation right now. We won't get into that conversation right now. Um, but I, I love Pittsburgh. I love this place, and um, uh, I, it's all centered for me, guys. You got to understand this. It's centered on my brother, Annabeth, Bolt, Mac, Burke, and McCall. Uh, I love them dearly. I love them dearly. I thank God for the ministry that is flowing through my brother and his family. And as a result of that, because of how much they mean to me and to Abby and our kids, uh, it continues to just permeate to so many of you. So I see like Ryan and Kevin and, and others that are up here that uh, I got to connect with on a uh, just, just for our short time that we were here, praising God for the, the, the kingdom impact that takes place here in the city of Pittsburgh. I pray uh, my participation this morning, would only help you continue to fuel of movement of the gospel moving forward here in Pittsburgh and to the ends of the earth. That is my prayer. That is my passion. Uh, You guys, that's a a year and a half you've been in the book of Acts. All right, some of y'all are ready to move on, and let's get into another book of the Bible or something like that. But what a privilege for me, providentially speaking, for me to have the opportunity to bring to you guys God's word from Acts chapter 28. And the title of my message for us this morning is We Got Next, We Got Now. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, we got next, we got now. we got to wake up a little bit. Got to wake up a little bit. All right, so I really want honesty right here. Before I read God's word, we're going to go take a a, a slow stroll through it, okay? I really want an honest answer. Would you pick me for a game of pickup basketball? Raise your hand if you'd say, yeah, I'd pick you for for, for, for your team. All right, be honest. You're like, raise your hand if you're like, no, I'm not picking you for my team. All right, we have, see, even BJ over here is being honest. He's saying no, absolutely not. Uh, I, I went and played. Uh, I play a lot. I still play a lot, although I really struggle now when I'm on the court. But I play still. I play every Wednesday morning, sometimes Fridays. And I'm in a city league that happens on Monday nights as well. Last summer, I got to play a lot in the city of New Orleans. And guys, it is hot in the city of New Orleans during the summer. We went to this one spot, Rob, you'll remember the, um, the court on Magazine and Napoleon, that, that court that's right there. So I get there a little bit early because I've gone to play basketball at this court. It's, it's street streetball. It's, it's just a court in the city of New Orleans. I got there a little early, but I had somebody who's coming to play with me that day and he was DeMario Davis. Raise your hand if you know who DeMario Davis is. Anybody know who DeMario Davis is? DeMario Davis is the starting linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, all right? So that's, he's like T.J. Watt for the city of New Orleans, okay? He's just like, he's an amazing, he's a godly man as well. Just a phenomenal guy who wanted to, for some reason, use me to get a bunch of reps of playing basketball around in the city. So I'd go scout out courts, I'd go see some spots that I was used to going to play, and then I'd tell him, I said, I found a spot, we're gonna play here, and he'd always meet me. So we went to this one particular court on Magazine and Napoleon in Uptown in the city. Here I show up. Here I show up, me, (laughs) me, and I said, I got next. What do you think their reaction was? (laughs) They ignored me. (laughs) They ignored me. I don't know if anybody's ever had that experience before, you know, where like you're just trying to fit in. You're trying to make sure you, you want to get onto the court. So I go, I got next. They ignored me. So i wait for another game, and i say, um, 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 excuse me, <laughs> um, excuse me, uh, I've got next. And they ignored me yet again. <laughs> Guess who shows up? <laughs> DeMario shows up to play basketball. And let me tell you something, in the city of New Orleans, DeMario shows up, everybody already knows who he is. Everybody already knows who he is. And they all are like, hey, you can get on my team. You can get on my team. And he's like, I'm with that guy. I'm like, who's got next now, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Who's got next now, right? I love that experience because I'm diving into this particular text and we're looking at the tail end of the book of Acts. Something is about to take place next. But unfortunately... We don't exactly know what will happen next. We are experiencing the acts of the apostles. This is the book of Acts. When in reality, you've probably heard this a lot, that the book of Acts in reality should be called the acts of the Holy Spirit. The way in which the Holy Spirit anoints his followers, anoints his apostles, anoints his church to go out and to make this glorious good news of Jesus known all over the place. So what you have seen is you have seen Pentecost and then you've seen the birth of the church in Jerusalem and how just like it was said in Acts chapter one and verse eight that Jesus said before ascending into heaven, You will receive power when the what? The Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In other words, Jesus was testifying about himself, the Holy Spirit that would cause this good news of salvation to begin in Jerusalem with the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then how it would gloriously just disperse and distribute to the ends of the earth, beginning in that nearby region of Judea and Samaria. And then watching the wonderful conversion of Saul, who we all come to know as Paul and his missionary journeys and the role of the church of Antioch in which they sent Paul and Barnabas out and they begun these missionary journeys and we get to see all that is taking place. In fact, if you take a look at the book of Acts, you will begin to understand there are actually in reality three missionary journeys that we get to witness concerning the missionary endeavors of the apostle Paul. We're on the tail end of that last journey. So let's begin in verse one and I really want to do this with intent. I just want to read through this chapter because we should never forget that the book of Acts is a story. It's a historical true story, and so we should enjoy the dissecting of phrases and the dissecting of verses and things like that, but you should also enjoy it in its larger frame. In other words, some of you are here No matter how old you are, you have never tried to read through the book of Acts in one sitting. If that is you, you have missed out on seeing this just wonderful tapestry that shows up in watching the Acts 1-8 thing take place. So here we are in verse verse 1 of chapter 28, and let me just read through it and you enjoy it, okay? Verse 1, after we were brought safely through... We then learned that the island was called Malta. There's a shipwreck that just took place. The native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, "'No doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead.' But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune had come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Verse seven, now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. And Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They also honored us greatly. And when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. Verse 11, after three months, we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island a ship of Alexandria with the twin gods as a figurehead putting in at Syracuse. We stayed there for three days. And from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. After one day, a south wind sprang up. And on the second day, we came to Petuoli. You know, sometimes when you just don't know these words, you just go for it, right? Verse 14, there were found brothers And were invited to stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the forum of Appius and three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. Verse 17, after three days, He called together the local leaders of the Jews and when they had gathered he said to them brothers though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. And when they said to him, we have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you, but we desire to hear from you what, are, what your views are, for with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers, From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, you will indeed hear but never understand and you will indeed see but never perceive for this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. Verse 28, therefore let it be known to you That this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. Great verses right here to close us out. Verses 30 and 31. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all, underline that word at least, all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. These two phrases, these adverbs right here, really crucial, with all boldness, number one, and without hindrance, number two. So that's pretty cool. That's Acts chapter 28. That's the conclusion of this book. And I wanna share with you guys just six observations from this chapter. Can I do that? Let me spend some time just talking to you about six observations that I believe have been elevated for me and me looking at this particular text. I pray it's in line and it's in consist- It's consistent with what the text is trying to teach us and to tell us. So let me begin with number one, notice the journey. Just notice the journey. There is a journey motif that takes place in both of Luke's books within the New Testament. If you didn't know that, I'm trying to help you understand that in Luke's gospel, A majority, a significant part, maybe not a majority, but a significant part of Luke's gospel is his journey from Jesus, Jesus's journey from Galilee towards Jerusalem. That's what's taking place there in Luke's gospel. In Acts, you also see that there is this journey theme, this journey motif. You see that Paul, Paul almost takes center stage For a significant portion of the book of Acts. And you see that we are observing a journey from Jerusalem all the way to Rome. That's an observation that you and I can see, first of all, and then we can just simply also, I pray, hope that we apply to our lives. Don't forget the journey, don't be so obsessed with the destination. The destination is an incredible thing. In fact, that is exactly what Paul was aiming for. He wanted to go to Rome. That was his destination. But we must never forget the journey. Some of you right now are in a journey of just trying to finish a grade in middle school or high school. Some of you are in a journey of just trying to finish out this particular year. Some of us have kids in the house. Some of us don't have kids in the house. Some of us are singled. Some of us are married. Some of us feel like we have an incredible amount of stability in our lives. There are others of us who have an incredible amount of instability in our lives. Can I encourage each and every single one of us to remember, to remember to enjoy the journey? Me having four kids myself, I am absolutely terrified of their birthdays. I'm terrified of their birthdays. Why? Because with every birthday, I know it's coming that one day they're going to be out of the house. And I just love my family. I love my kids. And I've got to remind myself day in, day out, please enjoy the journey. No matter how crazy it might be to be in diaper phase, trust me as one who is no longer in diaper phase, there are so many ways in which I miss diaper phase. I miss my kids being at that particular age. And every single stage is special. Please help to encourage your own heart there. I would even say encourage your heart right now, even if it happens to be an unstable, inconsistent type of season. Because you're missing out on the blessing that the Lord Jesus is wanting to provide you in the here and now of what's taking place. Don't ever forget the journey. Number two, notice that ministry is authenticated by sufferings. Notice that ministry is authenticated by suffering. So this is bleeding back into Acts chapter 27, but we are hearing about a shipwreck. Paul is willingly engaged in this journey to Rome. He has an objective in mind, and it comes at the expense of being shipwrecked. Then he gets snake bit. He's on a very long journey. This is not flying Delta and getting from one place to the other very, very quick. This is a very long journey. There is a lot of rejection that takes place, especially when he's confronted by the Jews in Rome. And then we must not forget during the entire time in chapter 28, he is technically in chains. He is imprisoned. And the thing that you and I must see for ourselves is that we need to see that our own ministry is going to be authenticated by suffering. So many of us think that your lives are going to be authenticated because of the success. And I want each and every single one of us to pursue whatever you're thinking is success for you in your life. But I need you to see something very plain right here. That Paul's example and this chapter 28 is teaching us that we actually have a deeper appreciation for the Apostle Paul because of what he's going through. And some of us are so averse to that. Do you guys know that that is the culture that we live in? American culture in particular. Let's do everything we can to minimize suffering. Now, that makes sense that is something i believe we should do to the best of our ability we shouldn't necessarily pursue suffering but we should at least understand that when it does come that god is trying to work in you an authentic life an authentic ministry you have no idea how much of a blessing You can truly be to people, not because of how successful you are, but because of how stable you have become in the face of suffering. You need to always remember that. And the world is not going to help you really beat that into your brain. The scriptures will. The example of those who've gone before us will. They are helping us and reminding us that ministry is authenticated by sufferings. Let's go to number three, okay? Number three, we need to see and notice the strategy of Rome. Now, this is one that is very obvious when you read chapter 28. But I need you to see and understand that Paul had a hope, and he was ultimately saying this. What a radiating center it would be if Rome was truly reached with the gospel. Now, he, he was going wherever the Lord led him, small town, big town, doesn't matter, famous region, not so famous region. He went. But he did understand the strategic value that Rome had in his life, not for himself, not to make himself big, but to make God big. He saw Rome and recognized how awesome it would be if that place started to get a gospel fire in them and it would permeate to the entire Roman Empire and yes, even beyond. So can I do a fair application for this, especially for those of you who are Christians in the room? Can I say this? I believe we can use this this morning. What is your Rome? What is your Rome? Too long, Christians have been playing for breadcrumbs. Too long, Christians have been saying, let's just do the minimum or the path of least resistance. Let's do the kind of things that help us as Christians just to barely get by. Some of you have forgotten a dream. Some of you have forgotten a dream because you are looking at it and you actually think God can't be successful in that location. But you don't understand who God is. God is and will be and always will be completely and totally victorious. So what is your Rome? For some of us, your Rome is actually your workplace. The very thing that you go, "Ah, not really. But it then dawns on you. If I would just have gospel intentionality in my workplace... What in the world could Jesus do if I just focused on my workplace? Some of you need to be thinking about the ways in which you should be targeting your families, your neighborhoods, your schools. I don't know how to interpret that for you. I'm simply presenting that to you as a thought. What is your Rome And are you willing to dream in such a way that God would truly do an incredible work because you see how awesome it would be to reach that so that the gospel would truly radiate even further? Let's go to number four. Y'all with me? Y'all like this? It's good? All right, we good? All right. Number four, notice the both and. Notice the both and. And this is a good one right here because I'm passionate for this as well. The both and is beginning in verse 17. You see that Paul immediately goes to who? He goes to the Jews. He goes to the Jews and he goes hard. (laughs) He says, I'm up, I got next. I'm gonna do everything I can in my power to share the gospel with the Jews who are in Rome. Does everything he can. That infamous moment that we see right there that especially shows up, in verse 25, it's the result of verse 24 where it says that others disbelieved. They didn't really believe him. So then all of a sudden you see in verse 28 a bit of a both and. This is not just an either or. This is a both and and it is validated by that, that uh, word that I asked you to underline, all, in verse 30. You see, it's the both and of the reality that Paul wanted to reach Jews and Gentiles, not Jews or Gentiles. I would not be in this game if I thought that true biblical Christianity espoused any sense of discrimination. I would not want it. Jesus is wanting to make for himself a people from all tribes, nations, tongues, and languages. And he wants a complete family. There's not a place on planet earth where Jesus is saying, but not them. Everywhere, Jesus says, I have people who are part of my family. Go get them. And that is why I love being a Christian. Because in the Christian faith, I find true unity and diversity simultaneously. It is only in the true Christian faith that I see that. And my counsel to you is to make sure you live that out. Live the both and. Don't live the either or. Do all you can to eradicate your heart of anything that builds up prejudice towards anybody else. Because we are all sinners, guys. Every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If there's anyone who has truly become a Christian. It's not because of their effort. It's not because of how good they were. It is simply only through the grace of Jesus Christ. That is it. And we receive it by faith. Why then would we lump upon this a mentality of discrimination, of prejudice, of bigotry? It just doesn't line up. Don't do it. Number five, another thing that we notice here is notice the manner of proclamation. Notice the manner of gospel proclamation. This is where at the very end in verse 31, I wanted you to pay attention to those two adverbs, so to speak, that show up in the last verse of the last chapter of Acts. The first one is that with all boldness. Now that Greek word is giving connotations of candid speech. You know what candid speech is? You don't conceal the truth. Clear speech, you don't confuse. And confident speech, no fear of consequences. Look at the manner of gospel proclamation. Look at how free Paul is. That he would proclaim with candid speech, with clear speech, and with confident speech. What about proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ? That's it. Secondly, he does this without hindrance. And if you look at that, that's the end. That's the end of verse 31. But you need to remind yourself, that's why it was the joy of reading all of chapter 28. What's so fascinating is that at this moment, the Apostle Paul is under military surveillance. And he's proclaiming the gospel without hindrance. He is bound by chains and under house arrest. And it's still able to say that he was able to proclaim the kingdom of God and teach about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. What's my problem? What's my problem? See, this is so important for us to see that even when your hands are chained, your mouth is not. Even when your hands are chained and tied, your mouth will never not be and should not be. It shouldn't. Guess what? You might die for it. Is is he worthy? You might get ostracized. You might get kicked out of certain statuses and groups. He's worthy. It's important for us to see this, the manner of gospel proclamation. This is not an encouraging one for me this morning. And I'd like it to hit you that way too. I'm sorry. I wish I could use this to like, rah, rah, let's let's get it. But we stink. We stink. Jesus is the only way. He's the only hope. Salvation is not found outside of Jesus. It is only through Jesus that people truly have life abundant and life eternal. That is the convictions and the truth that Scripture proclaims. I'm asking God to help me use this to help me with the manner of my gospel proclamation. Anybody else saying, Lord, Let this hit, let this conviction hit me as well. Is anybody right now? Just raise your hand. Let this conviction hit me. Let's go to the last one, and here's where I close, right here, number six. Notice the open ending. You know, when a film ends with no clues of what happens next, it's often to keep unresolved things so that keeps the audience interested i was so mad about infinity games marvel i didn't like that if you've watched marvel movies you know exactly what i'm talking about this is not the end game the last one this is like the infinity war or infinity games i forgot what it's called where Thanos, he finally gets all the, sorry, I'm ruining a movie for you, go watch it, okay, that's fine, and he gets all the rings and he finally has that nice, awesome glove that people wear for Halloween or something like that, and he snaps, and a bunch of people disappear, I think it was like half of the world or half of the universe disappears, and that was it, (laughs) that was it, I'm like, this is the worst, I'm like, I'm already looking it up as I'm leaving, I'm like, how long do I have to wait To finally see what's going to happen. And I'm pretty sure we're going to win. Yay. Okay. But, you know, I still wanted to know. It's an open ending. An open ending is to invoke. That's the purpose of an open ending. In this case, this open ending is to invoke the next generation to step up. You'd like it to kind of neatly go, and Paul made it to Rome, and a church started, and they all lived happily ever after. It doesn't. We can speculate through some of his pastoral letters exactly what happened with the Apostle Paul, but it doesn't happen here in the book of Acts. You see, the Acts of Paul and the Apostles long ago finished. It's over. The acts of all followers are right now. The acts of the apostles and the acts of Paul himself. That's over. Get over it. It happened. Praise the Lord. We have its record. But the acts of all followers are right now. You see... One of my very first preaching opportunities was terrifying. I'm actually terrified most times when I preach. It is not a comforting thing for me to preach. I feel terrified every time I preach. And my dad decided to let me preach one of my very first times ever preaching was in a prison. So can you imagine I'm already struggling with preaching and then he has the audacity to say, "Uh, you're about to preach and it's a prison. In fact, we were sitting in the bus I'm just chilling. I'm in a bus, right? And he's sitting right next to me, and he, you know, y'all have heard my dad preach before, right? You know, he does all that from time to time, just like my brother, right? And he, he slaps me on the leg and he goes, You're up. Like the continent, you're up. <laughs> like Europe and Asia, you're up. No, you're up. What do you, what do you mean I'm up? He says, I'm not preaching, you are. I like the continent idea better than me preaching. What are you talking about? (laughs) This was us sitting in the bus outside the prison right before we're going to go in there. And we did like a ministry where we sing and do all that type of stuff. And then my dad presents the gospel and there's a lot of people that get saved. And he gives me that opportunity. But what's really cool when Both Rob and I, we've experienced it for ourselves. Uh, With a loving father, we're grateful. But he was in the back, and you could see, as I was preaching, probably the worst sermon ever. (laughs) There was about to be a prison riot. (laughs) Or they were just confused, I have no idea. But there was my dad in the back, and he was just holding his fist up like this. Like this, right? Why? Why? Because I think my dad, even at a young age, was trying to instill into me this mentality that it's his ministry, it's his era, it's his generation, but one day he will pass. And it's on to the next generation. And he was trying to tell me, You're up. My counsel to you, we got young and old here, everybody. We up next, we up now. Do not miss the opportunity that this open ending of Acts 28 is just screaming loudly at you, at you to continue the acts of the apostles, to continue the acts of the Holy Spirit and to see God's kingdom radiate from here to the ends of the earth. I pray that you know the gospel and I pray that you have a resolve to proclaim the gospel wherever you go. Let me go to the Lord in prayer. I'm gonna invite the band to come on up. And my brother, after I'm done, my brother's gonna come and and give some simple next steps. My opportunity right here in prayer is just to pray for us that whatever the Lord has spoken to us about regarding Acts 28, that he would help us to be people of application, that we would respond in obedience and do what the Lord has put upon our hearts. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the ways in which we got to notice the different things in Acts 28. I pray Lord Jesus, that you would help us to see that this open ending, how it feels kind of sort of unresolved is for us to see that the baton has been passed on to us to continue what you have started where you're making a people for yourself from every tribe, tongue, and nation united around you, Jesus the only one who can save us thank you so much for your word help us to live it out it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen